The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know, last year in the Super Bowl, there was lots of bets going on. Uh, a lot of people got nervous when Kansas City was down, even in the fourth quarter. But they pulled through for those Kansas City betters, and they're right back here in the opener this season. So for game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. And what's up, Clipper Nation? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here. We had a couple episodes, of course, in the week prior. We've been off for about a week, uh, and obviously that was uh, too long before some Clipper news broke. We're back at it. Doc Rivers out as the head coach of the LA Clippers as they now look to move on and start something new with this core group that they still feel is a championship contender. Alex, first off, just how's it going? What's going on with you? Good, good, man. It's, it's really good. Everything's cool out here. Um, waiting for the first game to happen, see what the Lakers are going to do with the Heat. Yeah, got the Lakers and the Heat in the finals, but we want to, of course, start with, with you know, the big news. Doc Rivers out as head coach of the Clippers, uh, you know, given off in the press as a mutual decision, but really obviously something that, you know, Steve Ballmer in the front office pushed for to make this change. We know Doc wanted to be back, so... Um, you know, we had talked in previous podcasts about that being a possibility. It didn't seem like they were going to go this route, uh, and then obviously making the move now to do it. What, what was just your first reaction and impressions from the Clippers making the move to make a coaching change after seven years of Doc Rivers at, at the helm? Yeah, for real. Uh, I think the the situation was was serious that enough that they needed to. Um, I don't know if it's the word blame somebody. But they had to make some type of change, um, as far as in the core, you know what I mean. And starting with the with Doc Rivers, um, I always said that you know you can't really blame Doc Rivers. But then again, if you go back to his history, you've seen that he's been <laughs> three for one for a couple of uh, um, close games uh, as he's been the head coach, you know. Um, so and you almost gotta blame him for for certain situations you know what I mean I'm not doing changes but for the most part man it's just it just sucks to see him in this situation and him taking all the heat um, he's not the one dribbling the ball or putting it in the hole he's not the one going over for 4 10 in the fourth quarter and stuff like that so um, he's got to take it with a grain of salt right now I think right now for, for the most part though um, they have to win right now you know what I mean they don't have time to um wait for you know next season and stuff like that they need to actually win right now due to the fact that they don't have no first round draft picks for a long time so um what do you think about that jeff yeah i I think that was the reason why the the front office felt compelled to do this now because the clock is kind of on for this clippers team they can get Kawhi and paul george locked up long term but as of right now those guys have a player option they could leave after this next season so that pressure is on. As you mentioned, they gave up all these draft picks to to put this team together as presently constructed. So I think it's, 
you know, the expectations are still championship for this team. Uh, and, you know, I think this front office felt that there were certainly, you know, lineup combinations or adjustments that weren't made by Doc Rivers and this coaching staff. And, you know, it's a tough call. I, I, I think Doc Rivers is an amazing person and a great coach. But sometimes after, you know, this is seven years with the Clippers, as you mentioned, a couple of really crushing collapses that they've had under his watch, uh, you know, sometimes just players tune out a coach after a long time. And we know this is a new group, but seven years just could be time for, for a new voice and a new philosophy for a team that does still have a ton of talent. Yeah, no, that's definitely it for sure. You got to have somebody that they can play for and uh, that they can listen to. Um, so uh, that's that's the key right there for sure. I think the, the most important thing is that they got to figure out who they're going to pick first, you know what I mean? But for as far as Doc Rivers, I want to skip over this. There's going to be a lot of contending teams for him um, in the race of Ben in the playoffs. The 76ers is one. The Pelicans is another one. So they got to not – they got to uh, – he, he definitely wants to still coach again, I think. I believe so. But uh, for the most part, it's not going to be in L.A. Um, the assistant coach, though, you think uh, Lou Will will be able to good fit for that job if they offer it to him? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good contenders – like you said, on their bench already, you know, with Ty Lue, of course, having won a championship with Cleveland, you know, he's the guy who's dealt with big personalities before. So he's certainly a, a natural fit. Who's already right there on your sideline. You know, Sam Cassell is on the bench too. A lot of people would like him to get an opportunity yeah. to be a head coach. And, uh, and, you know, I, I think they're going to be really thorough in their search. So they have a couple of key guys there, but they could also look for, for a potential outside hire in this thing. And, you know, it, there have been so many examples, especially recently, of really good teams that have had coaches that are not necessarily bad coaches at all, good coaches, like Toronto with Dwayne Casey, who won Coach of the Year, Golden State with Mark Jackson, who turned them around. But they made those moves, brought in guys like Steve Kerr and Nick Nurse, and went on to win a championship the very next year. So I think that's something that the Clippers feel like they can probably do, find a guy who can kind of unlock the best potential of this roster uh, and I think that's their goal, whether that's Tyler or someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's true, for sure. Um, but speaking of Tyler, though, I think he's going to be on the hot seat maybe as far as a, a trade uh, involved. Uh, and you got Harold, um, who, you know, six-man award winning is definitely due for a big payout, you know. So these guys are going to have options of actually, you know, leaving or uh, been in the candidate as far as getting traded. So um, who do you think, to me, honestly, who do you think that it's missing? We talked about that, too, last time as far as what's missing on the court, though, besides off the court with the coaching staff, though. Um, key pieces that they would probably bring in or probably could consider bringing in. And I know we talked about the point guard position, too, which is huge, but... Um, you know, you giving up. You trying to. You trying to really give up. You know, uh, Luke Will, um, who led them for a long period of time um, off the bench and stuff like that. Um, I think that's the a key piece that they're thinking about giving him up right now, man. Yeah. No. I mean, I agree, and I think that you know who. I honestly think that this team, and I, a lot of us felt this way as recently as what two, three weeks ago, that they had enough at least this season to. To win a championship they were the favorite in a lot of people's eyes so i don't think that the roster yeah. is you know in need of a total blow up by any means obviously they fell way short and and had a very embarrassing collapse of that 3-1 lead but 
you know, I think some of that, like you said, it has to fall on the players, of course. They're the ones on the court performing. And yeah. some of it, I think, does go on the coaching as well. And, and like I said, on record that I think Doc is a great coach. But I do think there were some big mistakes that, that he made in terms of schematically, especially in the Nuggets series, but even in the even in the Dallas series as well, where, you know, that thing ended up going six games. Dallas almost came back in game six and made it a seven-game series. That series probably should have been a four or five game series and that one went six the Nuggets series of course they should have wrapped up in five and ended up losing in seven and even looking back at through some of the history of the Clippers in the past under Doc Rivers obviously they'd never gotten out of the the second round Clippers have never done that as a franchise and they'd never won a series until this Dallas series this year in less than seven games every single series they'd won had been all the way to seven games so you know I think roster wise I like Lou and Montrez at the right price, and Lou's on a great deal, and we'll see with Montrez. I just think it's about putting them in the best spots to succeed and and utilizing them in the best fashion. And, you know, if you do keep these guys, making sure you add, like you said, what do they need? I think they need a couple of more two-way type players where, you know, they can't be played off the court because of their defense, which was a big factor late in the season. So, you know, a backup four or five who can defend – a backup guard, whether it's a point guard or combo guard, who can play both ends of the floor as well. So that that would be on the roster side what I would look to do with it. But I think, like I said, I think they have plenty. There's obviously tweaks they need to make, but overall, I think the talent level in the roster is still real high. What about you? No, they got like you said, they got plenty, man. Damn, they're more than plenty. You know what <laughs> I mean? They have players that uh, that they didn't even play that can actually perform at a high level. So. Uh, it, it, it's just about the key pieces of actually putting them in the right position, like you said, and making sure they're ready to play. Um, you see a lot of guys having different roles throughout the season. Some guys are active, some guys aren't active due to different circumstances. And it's just a mixture and a mesh of uh, a lot of things that took place um, all the way to that point, you know. And you nailed it right there when you said uh, they, they were not struggling, but, you know, Dallas gave them a run for their money. They were exhausted, you know, with that situation. And it was kind of like they was always, every every single time in the playoffs, they were, like, playing against themselves. You know, they never actually played above the competition because we knew the, what kind of competitive team they were. And everybody knew. You know, you had some elite players telling them, you know, uh, uh, how good they were. And they were, you know, cheering them on all the way to the finals, you know, and, you know, they saw the potential that these guys had. Everybody did, you know, and it wasn't just us on this podcast. <laughs> everybody. So, I mean, um, I mean, you look at what Game Five versus the Mavericks, right? Obviously, the game before the Clippers have that buzzer-beating loss, they come out with, yeah. you know, the actual right mindset and motivation, and they hang up 154 points on them and win by 35 points. So you know, like that that level of play is in that team, but it just wasn't consistent. And like you said, they would kind of whatever it was mentally check out not be in the right state of mind not be ready to compete play down to competition and and it ended up costing yes. them obviously when they they lost a couple of big leads late in the in the nugget series yeah 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 lost some big leads. Yeah. so those are, those are the things that uh all that's taken accountable accountability uh, from that standpoint you know um they just got their hands full right now of actually figuring out um, the owner has a lot to deal with right now as far as the, the term, turmoil that he's in right now. 
and just throwing everything into one basket right now. You know, if it had worked out, he would have been, you know, the face of L.A. He, you know, would have had the energy to talk and boast around like he normally does, you know, but, you know, it didn't work out. So going back to the drawing board, you got to figure things out. And I know that was a hard, hard hit as far as telling Doc Rivers, you know, um, that he has to step down. You know, so that was actually a, a tough, tough road, a pill to swallow for sure. Yeah, and, and that seems to be the common thread that I've seen from you know Clippers personnel and, and fans uh, throughout all of this is that I don't think there's a single person out there that has a bad thing to say about Doc Rivers. And as we mentioned, he's you know all-time winningest coach in franchise history. You know, yeah. so well respected around the league for just being a great person and ambassador for for everything beyond basketball and what he did for this franchise and the Donald Sterling turnover and that whole saga. So it's, you know, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for a guy that I think most people really like a lot and respect. Uh, but like you said, sometimes it's just the right time to, to move on and make a change. And I think that's the situation that the Clippers are in right now. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I think doc did make some key mistakes down the stretch. And uh, I think, this group may be better served by just having a little bit of a different voice and philosophy uh, in the locker room. And we'll see, you know, who they end up going with, what kind of style they'll employ and, and if they can kind of unlock this roster to, to the best of its ability. Yeah. I got to say this too, but there's no question in my mind, even though we're, we're, you know, um, in this position right now with the Clippers, there's no question in my mind that they will get back here next year. Um, and I and I they see that same situation and scenario happening, and they're probably saying, okay, with his record, can we com- depend on him to get over that hump, or do we have enough um, patience for that to happen and give him that much power to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or we got to go somewhere else. That's that's the name of the game, pretty much. Is like we can't just keep giving them opportunities over and over again just for him to get over that hump. So um, they need somebody else to, to help them do that as well yeah and I mean some of that like you said I mean a a lot of that is the players some of it's weird dumb luck like 2015 with Josh Smith and (laughs) Corey Brewer raining threes but again it's it's like you said the the second inexplicable 3-1 collapse and both have been probably two of the worst collapses in NBA history let alone franchise history so it's it's something that you can't really look past as you said we I mean we, we were talking about it in our last episode the the game seven second half performance was just baffling for how inept and you know frightened it was. It was the, it was a performance that was certainly not expected from a team of this caliber, but uh, a really jarring thing to see, and it, it makes sense why they would end up going with this change. Yeah, yeah. So who would you? I know, I know we talked a little bit about coaching candidates. You know, Ty Lue, Sam Cassell. Um, who else do you think? You know, who else? Do you like as a coaching candidate? Is there anyone out there that you'd like to see the Clippers talk to, go after, who may not be in the organization? Who, who do you think would be a good fit for this roster? Man, to be honest, uh, I uh, I'm gonna go back to my bad boy days, man. And there's one candidate that I know for sure that um, guys will cling to, guys can relate to. Um, he, he he's seasoned as a as a player, and. Um, sharp as sharp-minded as he is uh i would say chauncey billups mm. no question i would definitely look into that situation and seeing if he's able to because uh, there's many a times where they actually offer chauncey billups a gm role uh in cleveland 
um, offer him a coaching position as well. I would revamp that and see if that that would be uh, something I would consider, um, or maybe even an assistant, you know, to Tyrone Lou and him being the head coach. I know the relationship they have is very close. And uh, that can be something positive for sure moving forward. So you won't have two coaches uh, bumping heads. And that's a really unique thought. I mean, Chauncey Billups, we had just heard, you know, as the playoffs were beginning, that he was interested in getting into coaching. And, you know, had Mm -hmm. been some feelers had been put out for that Indiana job. But he, of course, has ties to the Clippers. He's been broadcasting Clipper games for the past two seasons you know he's been connected to the team to these guys you know traveling with them and all that so there might already be some familiarity there and it's a guy who as you said he's won he's won a championship he's been in battles he's known as a clutch guy he's a point guard who knows the game so you know we've seen a lot of guards jump into the coaching ranks and be successful so uh you know that's that's a that's someone to definitely keep an eye on yeah well, I mean, shoot, they got they mysteriously out of the blue. You get Steve Nash going to Brooklyn, you know, <laughs> for his first head coaching job. You know, a lot turned a lot of heads during to due to the fact that they have a lot of firepower in Brooklyn, and yeah. they're in the same situation as far as you know um, making it to the playoffs and you know actually being contenders. You know, uh, as far as in the East uh, with Kyrie and and Durant, so um, to throw a rookie. Um, head coach in that position <laughs> is, is is a wild factor but I know that they have something um, and Steve Nash is a very educated person you know on the court intellectual as well so uh, I know for a fact that they're going to get something out of that for sure and just bringing something fresh and new for these guys because they're into a fresh and new situation and environment so um, to bounce ideas off um, you need somebody that's actually going to have uh, a ear for these guys when they do talk you know um, you're talking about players and professionals um, for 82 games and during playoffs hearing the same voice over and over um, it gets it gets tiring for sure you know so yeah I think no, that's the most important thing. yeah no question about it and I, you know I, there's definitely been some analysts who have you know questioned if the Clippers can find a better coach but kind of like I alluded to earlier uh, you know, we've seen pr- examples very recently of coaches, first-year coaches at that. Steve Kerr had never done it, and now he's obviously one of the winningest coaches of all time. He had a great roster to do it with. But uh, Nick Nurse, he was a longtime assistant, but winning a championship in his first year. So there are guys that have jumped in as first-year head coaches and, and gotten the job done. So, you know, it's not it's not a prerequisite that you have all this previous head coaching experience to be able to be successful at the job. Mm-hmm. Jess, who do you think would be a good candidate for that job? Oh man, you know there there's so many that I think could be a good fit. Obviously, I think the Ty Lue thing, you know, has a lot of credence to it just for the fact that he's done it. He was on the bench. Uh, I like the Chauncey Billups idea as well. Uh, you know, we've we've heard some other names thrown around out there. Uh, you know, like uh, sorry, we've we've heard other names thrown out there like the Van Gundy brothers, Jeff Van Gundy or Stan Van Gundy. They've both been out of it for a while. So those are interesting mm-hmm. ideas. Uh, and I also don't mind looking in the the assistant ranks for, like I said, some coaches who have maybe not gotten their shot yet. I know the Spurs always have a long list of people on their bench. You know, Ime Udoka, Udoka who is a former NBA player, is a highly touted assistant. You know, Becky Hammond mm-hmm. is over there. You know, yeah. I would I would see if this, you know, I, it's a, probably a long shot, but, 
you know, I don't know how much Greg Popovich wants to continue a rebuild in his final coaching years in San, in San Antonio or what his relationship yeah. with Kawhi Leonard is like, but Steve Ballmer's got <laughs> he's got all the money in the world if you can get Greg Popovich. That I mean, that would be the ideal. That would be ideal. That would be a hard pill to swallow right there and a tough one because, you know, Popovich is he's headstrong for sure. Yeah, Just to see him in a new uniform, a new arena would be a wow factor. I was going to say, I don't know how likely that one is, but that would kind of be yeah. the uh, the dream scenario. Facts, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll we'll obviously keep tabs on this and updates on it and, and see where the Clippers go with it. They have a lot of options. A lot of coaches out there, you know, Mike D'Antoni obviously just came on the board as well. So there, there's a lot of options, and we'll see where the Clippers go with it. Um, but before we wrap up this episode, Alex, you mentioned NBA Finals is kicking off soon. Uh, got the Lakers and the Miami Heat. Uh, first of all, just are you surprised at the matchup? And, and second of all, uh, who do you like in this Finals matchup between the Heat and the Lakers? Uh, surprised? You know, I... I you know, for sure I'm the LA guy, so if it wasn't the Clippers and be the Lakers, I would be rooting for. Um, just, just, I mean, it's not even a, Le- a LeBron show situation right now. You know what I mean? Even though he did destroy and carry in the fourth quarter and hit sh- six or seven straight buckets, you know what I mean, and, and led the team. Um, but for the most part, they have a collective unit, and they're all <laughs> like uh, Durant said, not Durant, um, Kawhi, nah, Howard. I'm sorry, I said they're all, all lions, man, in, in the den right now, hungry as hell. So I can see it in these guys' face and demeanor that they mean business and they're serious. They're talking about four more, and they're really to go. They're ready to go after four more. So I'm gonna definitely choose uh, L.A. in this situation, uh, being the fact that I'm a local kid from L.A. for sure. But um, the dog is in, in in the heat as well, man. You know what I mean? I'm surprised. Actually, I'm not even surprised that they made it this far because. It was all blood, sweat uh, from this point. And um, the Celtics have been uh, right there neck and neck with uh, with the energy and tenacity that they have for sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if they made it this, at this point. But the Heat just got overdrive, man. So um, it's going to be a tough situation. I know it's not going to be a sweep by no means. Um, but it's going to be a good, good uh, playoff run uh, for, the, for the chip. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a fun series. Um, you know, obviously, star power-wise, the Lakers have the edge there with, with LeBron and AD. But like you said, this Miami team is just so unique with just the, the mentality that they play with. Uh, you know, they do have some really talented players as well to go along with that. So uh, it, it, this series kind of reminds me a little bit, um, obviously, different styles of play. But going back to 2004 of that that older Lakers team where they had added Carl Malone and Gary Payton to Shaq and Kobe versus that Pistons team with Chauncey Billups and Rasheed and Rip and Ben Wallace. And, you know, that mentality of just a great overall team that could potentially overcome a, a group of superstars. So I, I think the Heat have that kind of fight in them. And I, you know, I would be surprised if the series didn't go six or seven games. Cause I think these two teams are, are really going to get after it. Uh, you know, the Heat, the Heat have, a lot of bodies to throw at LeBron. You know, he's going to get his numbers regardless, but just yeah. to make it tough on him, obviously Butler, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, uh, you know, lots of guys there. And then Bam Adebayo against Anthony Davis is a great, fun matchup. So I think it's going to be very close. You know, right now I'll give the, the edge to the Lakers, but I, I, I would not be shocked if Miami came out and was able to steal this I, thing away. I 
wow would that be if Miami won, man? <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost just feels like, you know, if anyone was built for this bubble, and obviously they've proved it with their play, but Jimmy Butler, man, he just he loves this kind of environment, and it, it clearly suits him and this team well, and, and they've bought into it so much that, that yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be shocking, a team that didn't make the playoffs last year and had, you know, modest expectations at best to, to potentially yeah. be an NBA champion. Yeah, no, uh, Jimmy Butler is the head of the snake for sure of, of this team. Um, I just really love the, the the energy that these guys really believe in themselves. You know, Harold as a rookie, he's playing phenomenal right now, man. So um, it's just a wild factor how, how hard these guys are playing, man. I'm really, I'm really uh, respect these guys and uh, what they're bringing in every single day. Yeah, and that's I mean that's obviously all front office stuff to get people at that level but you know you look at it's not always you know the top lottery picks or top 10 picks like obviously for the yeah. Lakers they they've built that way and are very successful that way with getting you know yeah. two of the best number one picks ever and LeBron and AD but you know Miami to round out that roster you mentioned Hero was the 13th pick Bam Adebayo was 14th pick you know Duncan Robinson was undrafted just all these guys that are huge contributors for them uh, yeah. you know it shows you can get it done in a lot of different ways yeah all right, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in those NBA finals. We'll see what the Clippers do with their head coaching search. Uh, Alex, yeah, good stuff here this week. We'll be back next week to to see. Maybe the Clippers have made their announcement by then. If not, we've got uh, some good NBA final stuff to talk about as well. That's cool. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. We'll see what the Clippers do with the coaching search. I'm sure they'll be, as we said, very thorough. And you know, who who knows how much. The bubble played into all of this, but at the end of the day, it's it's all about results, and Clippers didn't get it done, so they'll be moving on with a new new coach who hopefully can unlock things and get them to play to the best of their ability, especially, as we know, in the playoffs. That's where things have not worked out for the Clippers. So we'll see what they do with the coaching search. Thanks so much again for tuning in here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. You can follow us wherever you find podcasts. If you're on Apple, rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars always helps us out. And find us at Believe.com, at Believe Sports and Podcasts on the social media handles. And follow Alex and I on social media as well, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place, so check us out. Uh, Until then, until next week, you're listening to Believe in Clippers on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.